1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. We are so glad you have taken the time to join us wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to this episode of Believe. My name is John Boccasino. Welcome in on my colleague, my co-host, and my pal, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, great to have you back, buddy. I am happy to be
0: here with my venerable colleague, John Bacchasino.
1: I love when you use the word venerable. I love when you use multi-syllable
0: words. (laughs) Honestly, that was not part of my lexicon until uh, I heard you start using it a couple years ago, and now I try to work it in every once in a while.
1: Well, it's appreciated, buddy. It's a nice way to uh, pay tribute to, uh, to one of your On-air friends who's uh, we've actually still never met in real life, although we're going to change that coming up in October with the Bills-Ravens game in Baltimore. So excited for that one. Dude, I got to tell you, for anybody who's in the middle
0: Atlantic states, come join us because the D.C. Bills backers, the Charm City Bills backers, which are out of Baltimore and Northern Virginia, we're all getting together for one big-ass tailgate ahead of the game.
1: How many people are you thinking about?
0: I'll bet you we have at least 300. Dang, I like it. Yeah when we did it in Washington, we had 300. Um, it was it, it was huge. We had a DJ. we had a beer truck. we had it catered. it was it was massive. And if the weather is going to be decent, which it should be because it's gorgeous down here in in October, it will be a time. No matter what happens in the game, I assure you, we are going to win the tailgate.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And may I make a request for, I mean, I'm sure this is like a no-brainer, but being in Baltimore, let's get some crab cakes on the tailgate. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Some soft-shell crabs, some crab legs, man. We will do it up in Baltimore. We'll try to work out a live podcast, possibly for our audience. Maybe if we can figure out our schedules and get you, me, and Big Newt in the same room and uh, get our fun thoughts on our Buffalo Bills together. But I want to say um, in advance uh, to the listeners here on this week's episode of Bill Eve, we thought long and hard about this, and we are not going to touch or talk about the giant elephant that was in the room uh, leading up to (laughs) yesterday when the Bills cut um, Matt Ariza. Um, There's plenty of podcasters. There's plenty of Journalists out there who will talk about it. Um, I will say this if you want to get our stance on how we feel about this topic, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Bacchasino. But I will say that I'm just glad we don't have to deal with this situation anymore. That's my one thought.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, the one comment I will make on it is when you're gearing up for a Super Bowl run, the last thing you need are any kinds of distraction. No distractions are needed. I'm glad this isn't going to be one going forward. And there's a whole lot of thoughts I have on the topic. A lot of them contradict each other too, but I'm just glad that there's no distractions for this team. They're too good for that. Like, make make your run, make us proud, Bills, going forward. Yeah.
1: We we easily could dedicate a whole show to it, but like like Jamie said, I'm glad that this is not um, a distraction for the team. I, I will say that in the end, before too much time had passed, I'm not giving them a pat on the back at all, but at least they finally did the right thing and got rid of this knucklehead. So um, yeah. So that's that's that. (laughs) And again, there's plenty of other shows and topic and and reporters you can read about with their thoughts on it. But we are here speaking of (laughs) making the ill-advised segue, but speaking of cuts and roster (laughs) decisions, I'm gonna try to get us on track here with this week's episode of bill leave Tuesday is the deadline day to get the bills roster down to 53 players. And it currently stands at 79 now with the release uh, happening of Matt Ariza yesterday, the bills have been working out several punters, so they will indubitably add one of their punters to the roster rundown because, you know, as much as the bills offense is great, they're going to need to have a punter. It can't be the Matt Barkley, uh, fest back there all year long <laughs> uh, as entertaining still fun as that might while
0: it be. lasted though wasn't it
1: you know I, I give it up to Matt Barkley he's having a hell of a lot of fun with this year and with this team and you know the fact that he was out there in, pre- in pregame you know 27 yard punts and then he had I think what a 47 yarder that rolled a bunch and he 53 53 yards from Matt freaking Barkley <laughs> Which goes to show you don't need the headache when you can find somebody on the street who can punt the ball. I mean, let the, <laughs> the, as simple as that, and the Bills will find someone to come in there. But there are, as we've been saying all offseason, there are tons of difficult decisions, but maybe they're not so difficult when it comes to the 53-man roster. And, Jamie, you wanted to lead us off with a thought on this process we are going to be talking to you about who we think might be quote-unquote surprise cuts, and who we think might be quote-unquote surprise additions to the 53-man roster. With that said, Jamie, lead us off. Well, I'm going to
0: say that in our production meeting, I was thinking that going into camp, 46 of the 53 positions were basically cemented. You knew before... Before training camp even began, you throw in a couple of injuries and a few preseason games, and it, it just kind of crystallizes. So I don't think there's going to be many surprises, either of people who make the team or people who get cut. Like Jacob Hollister last year, everybody expected to make that was legitimately a surprise. But when you look at the players that maybe haven't performed well, eh, you know, sometimes they're their contract situation makes the decision for you. And I, I don't know that we're going to be able to name very many players that are going to shock anybody. But with that said, it's still a worthwhile exercise because the bottom of the roster are the players that sometimes make or break a season because there's always injuries that happen during the, the season. And these players are eventually going to be on the active roster on Sundays and potentially are going to end up starting. And that could be the difference between winning and losing a game, possibly taking home field advantage in the playoffs when you're
1: these Bills. Every spot counts. Uh, depth is so precious and so important and Yeah, I I think that some of the – I I struggled coming up with what you would define as surprise names on either side of the equation. But I think we have a couple – that we can get into that will get our fan base talking. And please get involved with this conversation uh, when the story posts on buffalorumblings.com. You can get involved as always with Jamie and I on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. And again, I am at John Bacasino. We welcome your feedback. Jamie, do you want me to lead off or do you want to go first?
0: I would like to go first here because I've got somebody in mind that is not going to make the team. And I think based on a lot of the hype is going to surprise
1: some people. All right, let's go on the surprise cuts part first. Then who is your lead off surprise cut? Marquez Stevenson. Stevenson
0: was a draft pick last year. He made the team. He showed some ability. He showed some uh, return ability late in the season. Uh, he always scared the bejesus out of me because he took huge hits on returns, but, with him being injured, I don't think the Bills can find a a place for him on the roster. I I think that he I don't think he even gets one of those uh, parking lot style jobs where they keep him so they can put him through to the injured reserve and then sign somebody else. Marquez Stevens, Stevenson is gone.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like I, I I agree that Stevenson is oh he's definitely not guaranteed of a job. Um, At all. And I, what I've been reading with him, um, you know, he, he always, he's one of these players that always seems to have the skill and the talent, but can't stay healthy. And he had another Mm -hmm. uh, mid-camp foot surgery procedure, um, this training camp that really has held him back. Um, He's been ramping up his rehab workouts, but he's not on the field. And you have to be on the field showing the GM, Brandon Bean, showing head coach Sean McDermott what you can bring to the table. I have no problems whatsoever with Stevenson being a cut. And here's the other thing, Jamie. I think the Bills have plenty of replica type players who can give them exactly what stevenson would bring to the table especially Mm -hmm. with khalil shakir and james cook contributing in the return game i think it's bye bye stevenson it's not worth hanging on to him as a 53-man roster spot just to put him through to ir
0: when you consider the fact that we've read stories all preseason about him having the dropsies in practice it sounds like the the lights are just too bright for him maybe he can Maybe he can get healthy and compete for a spot on the practice squad, but I don't think you run any risk of him being picked up by another team.
1: I don't either. I think he could come back given his his injury history. So Jamie's number one surprise cut in no particular order is Marquez Stevenson makes a lot of sense. I'm going to stick with the same position when it comes Good. to my number one surprise cut and there's a lot of bodies vying for spots from the wide receiver room. I am going to go with the Bills either trade or cut Jake Kumaro. John, you ignorant slut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no way.
1: <laughs>
0: that I, would be that would be a huge shock to me.
1: Well, and here's why, why I think here's why I think he goes though. Like okay, we know that Jake Kumaro is not <laughs> he's not a Pro Bowl wide receiver. For some reason, Aaron Rodgers no. wanted him around as his security blanket. And he's definitely somebody who has skills that he brings to the wide receiver room. But when I look at what Isaiah Hodgins did this offseason versus what Jake Kumaro brings to the team, now Jake Kumaro is a very good special team star, but the Bills have plenty of special team standouts in Saran Neal, and you've got. Uh, Taiwan Jones and Tyler Matikavich. How many special team standouts do you really need to have on a roster? Jake Kumaro is someone the Bills did not invest in on their own. Isaiah Hodgins was a sixth round draft pick like Marquez Stevenson. I'm saying the Bills opt to keep one of their own that they invested in in Isaiah Hodgins the risk of losing Jake Kumoro or trading him back to green Bay for a conditional seventh round pick. That's my number hmm. one. I, I guess I surprised you a little bit there.
0: You really did because my number two was going to be surprise cut. Isaiah Hodgins. <laughs> 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 it really was. And the reason for that is when I watch him play, the dude has good hands. He makes some great receptions, but The reason he makes some great receptions is because he doesn't get separation. And he has been challenged by the coaching staff to play up to his size. He's 6'4". He should be using that size to make catches over people, using his frame to screen defenders. He doesn't do that. He doesn't seem like somebody who would be active on Sundays, and though they have been trying him on special teams, he hasn't made a dent. I think that when you look at the guys who are undoubtedly going to make the team, Diggs, Gabriel Davis, McKenzie, Crowder, Shakir, I just don't think you need him if he can't contribute on the teams, as they say.
1: It's interesting because I almost... I, I get what you're saying, and I, I I read the same reports where they were talking about Hodgins trying to get more physical, winning the battles, getting more separation. I thought he did that fairly well, especially in the game against the Panthers. He only had four catches for 19 yards, but two of those. A couple of beauties, though. Yeah, and they were against like what scrubs and backups for, you know, for Carolina. I mean, it wasn't like he was going up against the ones making these plays, but I think he's shown enough in the preseason. And I think he's shown enough with the physicality and the red zone threat that the bills always want out of their wide outs. And that's why I gave the edge to Hodgins uh, over Kumaro. Again, maybe I'm just saying that the bills choose to prioritize their own uh, versus external players like a Jake Kumaro, but I could see Kumaro getting cut. Maybe I'm crazy. Tell me I'm crazy. I guess we're going to find out, right? Which one of us is crazy. <laughs> because I could easily see the Bills keeping Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Crowder, Shakir, Hodgins, and I could even see them keeping Stevenson over Kumaro. I really could because of, again, really? investing in their own draft picks. It's hard to cut your own draft picks. And it's true. You know, w- when you spend the capital on it, I mean, look at the guy, Jack Anderson, last year, who was what, a seventh round draft pick? The Bills cut him. He latched on with Eagles, and he was a a decent rookie. You get that rookie cap figure. You get that rookie contract that makes Mm -hmm. you desirable. That's why I kind of think the Bills give the edge to their homegrown guys versus a Jake Kumaro. But we will see on Tuesday. Yes, and you do need
0: those rookie contracts because in in case listeners aren't aware, rookie contracts, especially in the later rounds, the – Rookie minimum uh, contract, I think, is somewhere around eight hundred fifty thousand. Um, the contract for a veteran, the minimum is somewhere around like one point one million. Now, only the top fifty-two players are counted against the cap, uh, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of six of one and a half dozen of the other. But you kind of want you kind of want those contracts because you're you're paying less out of pocket and you can put your money into other places in this it, on your roster. So I, I totally understand and agree with that. Senator.
1: And when it makes sense with Josh Allen having his huge contract and the contracts that were coming up for guys like Ed Oliver, there's a lot of money that Bean's going to have to come up with to pay all of his stars and rookie contracts certainly have a valuable place on the roster. Now, my next surprise cut, Jamie, is I don't think... There's no world I see where the Bills keep active four tight ends. One of their tight ends Mm -hmm. is going to be on the way out of town. And I'd love for it to be OJ Howard in a deal because it's going to be really hard to cut him with, I think the Bills would have 2.6 million in dead money by releasing OJ Howard. Mm -hmm. So I feel like That's a lot of money. that That is for a team that just restructured Deion Dawkins' contract to give them now $10 million for this year to possibly work out an extension for Jordan Poyer or bring in guys due to injury risks that happened during the season, I don't see the Bills swallowing that type of of dead money by cutting Howard. So to me, it comes down to Tommy Sweeney or Quentin Morris. And I'm going to go a two for here. My surprise cut and what my surprise roster makes, I'm saying Tommy Sweeney gets cut and Quentin Morris stays with the Bills. Whew.
0: Okay, so I think you're 100% right. Quentin Morris makes the team. And look no further than the number of snaps that he got with Josh Allen for proof. He was on the field for all six of Josh Allen's snaps in the second preseason game. Tommy Sweeney played over OJ Howard, but you're right. You can't just have $2.6 million in dead cap when you only have $10 million of cap space. Because remember, injuries are going to happen during the season, and there's still the potential for free agents to get signed. So when you have injuries, you've got to sign players. You need to have that space available. Oh, by the way, next season, the bills are scheduled to be $5 million over the salary cap. Any salary cap savings they have this year can be rolled over to next year. So if the Bills can keep all $10 million, that actually gets them five million under the cap next year.
1: Bada bing. That all helps when it comes to the cap wizardry of GM Brandon Bean. And I, I want to say that Quentin Morris, one of the reasons I give him the edge over Sweeney is he's a better receiver than Tommy Sweeney. He actually mm-hmm. was a wide receiver at Bowling Green who converted to tight end halfway through his collegiate career he's gotten much better as a blocker uh, this offseason uh, he's also younger by four years than tommy sweeney and i feel like if you cut Quentin morris someone's going to come in and swoop him up <clears throat> looking at you joe shane and those new jersey giants who are swooping yeah. up all these former buffalo bills whereas i think tommy sweeney might be able to work his way back onto the practice squad there's much less tape Uh, of him, much less positive performances from Tommy Sweeney. So I'm saying that Quentin Morris makes the team, and Tommy Sweeney, even though a couple of weeks ago he seemed like a lock to make the roster, that's how quickly quickly these things can change during the preseason. So there you go, Jamie. I'm keeping Quentin Morris, and I'm cutting Tommy Sweeney. Well, Tommy Sweeney would be an
0: absolute surprise to me because he's one of those players that as Big Newt likes to refer to it as one of your program guys. He is the dude that coaches want around because he's great in the locker room. He is, uh, he's an evangelist of what the coaches are trying to do. And his teammates absolutely love him. And you need those types of players. If I could draw it up any way I possibly could, you know, if, if you're like wave your magic wand, this is what's going to happen. In my crystal ball I'm going to say that the Bills send O.J. Howard and a 6th round pick to another team in exchange for a 7th round pick. It's going to be an NBA style salary cap dump
1: and the Bills would recoup a draft pick in that scenario.
0: They would get a yes, they would give up O.J. Howard and a 6th to receive a 7th. So clearly they're losing on the trade, but they're gaining by opening up the roster spot and getting the over two and a half million off the salary.
1: And as much as the bills like to run with their two tight end sets and Reggie Gilliam can also fill in as a very admirable blocker, I just don't see this team committing four active positions to tight ends. So I'm glad we're in agreement that OJ Howard should probably be traded. And if that happens, if OJ Howard gets traded, then I'm fine keeping Knox, Morris, and Sweeney. But I just I, I I don't know. I find like it's going to be really hard because the, the GMs around the league know that Buffalo has to cut some of these players. And that's one of the more stacked positions when it comes to uh, to this roster here. Jamie, who else do you want to throw our way?
0: Oh, God, this is really tough because I'm trying to go down through the the offensive players first. And I, I'm looking at the offensive line and all the players that are on there. And there's a number of them. It wouldn't shock me if they were let go. And I'm looking toward the bottom of the roster, the Greg Van Roten, Bobby Hart, Greg Mance. Any of them could make the team. Any of them could get cut. Bobby Hart looks like he is the most improved player on the roster because the guy was a a turnstile when we saw him on the field previously with the Bills. And it really speaks to... Aaron Cromer as an offensive line coach, the way he's really helped the guy improve. But would it shock you if any of them were let go or made the team?
1: No, not really. It wouldn't surprise me. I I feel like the one Bobby Hart is a very interesting case because he had been such a, I think you said the word earlier, turnstile in his NFL career. But he's really turned heads this preseason for the Bills, although he was playing Almost every snap it felt like against the Panthers, which to me both signifies Mm -hmm. that they want him to do well. And there's still question marks about what he's going to bring to the table. But with Cody Ford being dealt away, I think Bobby Hart has a way onto this roster and he'll be one of the guys that Buffalo Mm -hmm. keeps uh, with their offensive line. And plus with Bobby Hart, they could also release him. So I wanted to put a caveat out there when I mentioned guys who would be cut. Um, there's two players in particular I think will be cut and will be brought back at least as vested veterans who are not subjected to waivers like these other players who could get claimed by another team. And I think that Taiwan Jones gets cut and that Bobby Hart gets cut, but they both are brought back under that vested veteran clause where they're able to retain and come back to the team that cut them due to the years of service. So I'm thinking you're going to have both Taiwan Jones and Bobby Hart get cut and then welcome back to the Bills one day later.
0: Yes, and the reason teams do that is so that they can put somebody on the injured reserve and it isn't season-ending. Because if you put a player on injured reserve before final cuts, they are done for the year. So somebody like Marquez Stevenson could be kept on the roster for a day, then transferred over to the IR where they have to be for four weeks, I believe it is, and in the meantime, they re a Bobby. Yep,
1: Hart. that's exactly the scenario. That's exactly how it plays out. And Stevenson would be a great candidate to make that uh, start of season injured reserve. And in that case, that would allow the Bills to have some roster flexibility by bringing back again one of those vested veterans not subjected to the waiver process. Now, Damien, I mentioned one of my surprise roster makes in Quentin Morris. I want to shift to those positives of this process here of people we think are going to be surprises yes. to make the roster. I gave you one with Quentin Morris. Who is your next up? And I've actually given you two because I mentioned Isaiah Hodgins. So I'm kind of hogging the spotlight. Take me through another one of your guys who's a surprise roster make.
0: Okay, I've got two now. I'm not exactly sure who I'm going to leave off the roster so these guys can make it, but I have loved the performance of Joe Giles Harris in the preseason. Even though he's playing late in games, he seems like the most physical linebacker that the Bills have on the roster. I think he could make for a a great run-stuffing outside linebacker and looks like the type of guy... With the venom he plays with, that could be very good on special teams if you needed him to.
1: The be. Bills have kept six linebackers. I believe every year that Sean McDermott has been their head coach, and I feel that they're going to mm-hmm. do the same thing this year. They're going to keep six linebackers. We know that Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson and Tyler Maticevich. I think they're they're locked up as five of those six linebackers. Andre Smith is starting mm-hmm. off the year on the reserve suspended list due to a six game suspension for PED use, which leaves one linebacker spot. So you're going with Joe Giles Harris as your sixth linebacker slash surprise guy to make the roster. I'm going with the guy who's had his hair on fire the entire preseason. Balen Balin Spector would be my choice uh-huh. over Joe Giles Harris. I like I like JGH. He's a great underdog story. But I think what Balin Specter has done, and again, being a player that the team drafted most recently with what he's done with the way he's aggressively attacked the ball, made great tackles, contributed well on special teams. To me, I think Balin Specter is one of those guys who could take over for Tyler Maticiewicz next year when his special teams ace contract expires. Specter could be the new Maticiewicz, too.
0: Definitely. The guy has played well. He hasn't been the greatest in past coverage, but I expect that to be the kind of thing that he can improve over time. Hopefully, he ends up better in that than, like, say, Paul Pozzolozny was. But do you think that Tyler Matakiewicz is an absolute lock this year?
1: I do. I do okay. because not only what my own eyes showed me this preseason when the bills struggled big time in kickoff coverage, it was because they didn't have their starting unit on there. Mm -hmm. And especially that was true during the Broncos game when they averaged, you know, 29 yards per run back had a couple of 30 plus yard run backs field of position, uh, starting field position means everything to this Bills team. They want to make the most of every advantage possible. And what's one of the best ways to do that? To have Tyler Bass kick off to the two and have your great gunners get downfield and make the big tackles. I think Madikiewicz is so outstanding on special teams, and he's on the last year of his contract. I think he's essentially a lock to make this roster. And I think, again, with the fact they're going to keep six linebackers, they can mask his deficiencies as a linebacker itself by giving up playing time to a raw prospect like uh, Baelin Spector and still grooming, you know, Terrell Bernard to contribute as well at the linebacker spot.
0: Yeah, I would expect that. I would expect that if Baelin Spector makes the team or Joe Giles Harris, that they're probably inactive on Sundays. Um, now, here's a player that I'm a little torn on because I can see how the Bills will want to get this guy through onto the roster because they're probably worried that another team that's weak at this position is going to pick him up if he's waived. If the Bills are able to get rid of OJ Howard, I could see a path for defensive tackle Brandon Bryant making the team.
1: I am so glad you brought up Brandon Bryant. Brandon Bryant was actually one of mine who I have making. I have Brandon Bryant making the roster and I'm not, I don't, I don't know who I would say the team gets rid of uh, in place of him unless an OJ Howard type situation uh, where they go with three tight ends. But I feel like Leslie Frazier is not one to heap praise on players haphazardly when he does it. I take notice. And Leslie Frazier has been so impressed with what Bryant has done this offseason. I know it's really hard to make the roster with five defensive tackles and very little in the way of special teams ability. But I think this is a case where the Bills realize that Bryant is too talented to let go of because he will get snapped up on waivers. If he gets Mm -hmm. cut, mark my words, somebody will pick him up what is wrong with having five defensive tackles when you know that Jordan Phillips can have bouts of injuries and up and down play? I love Oliver Jaquan Jones and Tim Settle is going to be a beast on that defensive line. But I think you could sign either Anku, Eli Anku or Brandon Bryant. And to me, I know Anku is not subjected to waivers, but I think Bryant has more to offer for the position. And that's why, you know, I might think the journeyman at age 28 is able to earn a roster spot in a pretty big surprise.
0: Yeah, I I would love to see it happen because you always, I mean, we are Americans. We root for the underdog, right?
1: <laughs> we definitely do. And Brandon Bryant would be a tremendous underdog story getting him to make this roster. He could still go through to the practice squad, but I think he's shown too much positivity on tape uh, with his performances this offseason to make it through waivers. I think somebody else snatches him up. That's why I say why risk it? Let's bring let's bring Bryant on the roster and find a way.
0: And there's a player I want to mention from seasons past that became a fan favorite who you do not see on the Bills roster right now. And that's Justin Zimmer. Remember that guy? I do. I love
1: me some good old hard Justin Zimmer.
0: Ah, Justin Zimmer at defensive tackle just made plays, whether he was at the one technique or the three technique. He should always be a three technique. But he got injured and has not been signed by the Bills yet, most likely because they're waiting until he comes closer to getting back on the field. In the meantime, he's still working out at the Bills facility. So you know that they want him back. So if he is ready to go at some point during the season, you could have a swap out of Brandon Bryant and Justin Zimmer. And it's kind of a back end of the roster move, but Zimmer can, can, he can get on the field and make plays. It would almost be a trade-up if you have that. So maybe Brandon Bryant's just keeping the seat warm for him because it's far more likely that a player like Bryant gets snapped up before the season than during the season, because during the season teams are far more likely to elevate players off of their own practice squad.
1: That is true. During the season, you want players who know the playbook, who know the schemes and who can adjust to your, your, your systems that you're running in place. It's a fascinating uh, conversation point there, what the bills will do. There's so many, of these roster decisions. I have one more, Jamie, I want to put out there as a question for you as to what you would do if you're Brandon Bean. Okay. Raheem Blackshear, what do you do with the man who has had a phenomenal preseason, but seems like he's really caught in the numbers crunch behind Motor Singletary, Zach Moss, James Cook, and Reggie Gilliam?
0: I have loved his game. I've absolutely loved his game this year. He seems to be the exact type of running back that you want behind a uh, a zone blocking offensive line. He's the type of guy who puts his foot on the ground and makes his one cut gets upfield. He's good at that. He can bounce to the outside. He seems to outrun the defenders, even, even the defensive backs that are coming after him. He's physical. He is everything I want in a player that isn't going to make the team.
1: Because like you said,
0: he's just stuck behind a numbers crunch. The Bills have three highly drafted players in front of him. I just don't see how you can get him onto the team unless you let go of somebody who is a special teams core player. That being a Medikavich, Taiwan Jones. And then comes the issue of Sunday's. Would he even be active on a Sunday? Can can you have four running backs active on game day? And I just, I just don't think you can, especially when you have Reggie Gilliam, who's going to inevitably be active.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I I just don't think that. But he, here's here's Jamie. Here's one thing I'll tell you before we wrap up about Blackshear. He has been incredibly impressive. He has shown he's a, and he's he's not. Christian Wade, people are are making the comp that, oh, well, you know, the Bills had their love affair with Christian Wade. What about him? Blackshear, Wade was a great story. Blackshear is an actual football player who knows how to be a good running back and cut and excel on this team to make the Bills have a better backfield. And I feel like as much as we're worried about Blackshear getting claimed by another team, Backs don't get claimed on waivers nearly as much as you might think. So maybe the Bills can sneak him through and have him make their practice squad.
0: I've got a question for you. Back end of the roster question, whether or not they make the team. Cam Lewis, cornerback,
1: I think Lewis makes a team because the Bills have been experimenting with his versatility at both Mm -hmm. the cornerback and the safety spot. And with the uncertainty of Trey White starting off the year, um, Jordan Poyer did return to practice, and they seem pretty content with their quartet of Hyde, Poyer, Johnson, and Hamlin at the safety spot. But I feel like Cam Lewis is going to be a roster lock to make the team, I feel like, over a guy like a Nick McLeod.
0: Okay. Okay. I— I think I see it that way, too, because if he's active on Sundays, I think he gives you more as a slot corner than Saran Neal does. Saran Neal, you know, great on special teams, serviceable as a slot corner, but just not quick enough in a, in the way that Cam Lewis is.
1: A lot of tough decisions here for the Bills to make between between now and Tuesday's roster deadline cutdown day. We want to hear your thoughts. Get involved with us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Bacassino. We would love to hear your thoughts on who you think our surprise makes for the roster and who are your surprise cuts on the roster coming up for twenty twenty two. Jamie, thanks as always for your time, buddy. Buddy, it is my pleasure. Next time we chat here on Believe, we'll actually know the full scope of the 53-man roster. But again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.